The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in and saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scriptures, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will be happy to take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and on those in the tomb, bestowing life. Please be seated. The stories of the resurrection are filled with drama. Last night of the Easter Vigil, we heard Matthew's account, which begins with an angel descending like lightning and rolling the stone away from the front of the tomb and then sitting down on it. Paging LucasArts, right? Definitely a good special effects scene for a movie. That sense in which something about the powers of this world are being broken and even subjugated by the message of resurrection. 
John offers some different stories. Did you catch that there was a foot race in today's gospel? Might have been the dipsy. The beauty of the image of the foot race is also one that brings me to a sense of humility every Easter. That is that there are two competitors in the foot race. One of them is Peter, who has been designated the cornerstone of the church. He's sort of the foundation stone of the institution. And then there's the beloved disciple, the one, John tells us, whom Jesus loves. There's a very poignant image. This is the beloved disciple who stands at the foot of the cross, to whom Jesus gives the care of his mother with his last breath. This is also the beloved disciple who reclines next to Jesus at the Last Supper, whom Jesus confides in more so than Peter. Tradition holds that the beloved disciple is John, perhaps the author of the gospel or the attributed author of the gospel, but there's another mystical tradition which says that the beloved disciple is actually each of us in the story, there, part of the narrative with Jesus. And unlike all the other disciples who are scattered, and Peter himself betrays Jesus three times, if you remember, during the Passion, it's the beloved disciple who, with Mary, Jesus' mother, and the tradition holds Mary Magdalene, who remain with Jesus to the very bitter end. Another way of thinking about it is the beloved disciple wins the foot race because, like all of you, he gets it first, not the institution. Hello, Peter. Our decrepit institution as a church, with all of its foibles and flaws, loses the foot race when it comes to the Easter message. That's not to say that Peter doesn't get there. He gets there, right? But in his usual bumbling way. All of you who live out in the world and engage in the day-to-day of life get the first taste of the Easter message with the beloved disciple. A great gift to all of us. And a gift, indeed, to the church. As I reflect back on the past three years, well, they feel more like 10, right? And in fact, reflection on the last three years is quite difficult. There was a whole article recently published about how trauma and traumatic social change scrambles our memory. And some of those things we forget. There was a similar phenomenon, incidentally, during the great flu pandemic in 1918, people forgot how bad it got. That is to say, in a way, we have all been touched by trauma and traumatic events, not just, of course, medically, but in the wider society and the world. 
even in our political life, there has been deep and profound trauma. The beloved disciple and Mary Magdalene at the foot of the cross have also experienced profound trauma. Mary goes to the tomb expecting very little except to find Jesus' body. And when to her shock and amazement the body isn't there, it's almost a compounding of the trauma. She's not sure where to go from there. And like all people who have experienced trauma, her vision becomes very narrow. It's hard to see anything outside of what she expects or what she has experienced in deep pain. Maybe that's one reason why she doesn't recognize Jesus at first when he appears. But John gives us a beautiful sense of her mistaking Jesus as the gardener, which I don't think is accidental. There is a deep echo going all the way back to Genesis, which is something John likes to do. You remember the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, of course, but what you may have forgotten, and all the blame and shame that happens in that story, is that at one point God appears in the garden, in the evening, walking, looking, looking for the human beings, for us, for humanity, searching for us, calling to us. When that happens in today's gospel, when Jesus calls Mary by her name, suddenly the blinkers of the traumatic experience fall away and she sees him and recognizes him, present, the risen Christ. Our task for the next 50 days is to look for the risen Christ. And in a world filled with trauma, sometimes it is hard to see, but it is there. It's bearing witness, even now, to us with the fragrant spring air. We've had all of those atmospheric rivers come through, right? But just on Friday evening when I was going up to pick my son up from Davis and bring him back down for the weekend, I looked at the hills. You've seen them too more vividly green and beautiful and lush than we have seen them in many, many years. The world has been traumatized by our degradation of the environment and our consuming resources without regard for the future, and yet the earth itself speaks to us of resurrection, of new life, despite what has happened. Many of you have a friend or a loved one or a counselor or someone in your life who has reminded you, reminded you that new life is possible in your heart of hearts, no matter what pains you have borne, what trauma you have experienced. It may just be simple companionship walking with you. 
maybe someone who has given you space to talk about something you could share with no one else. It may be the realization that at last you can put down the pain of the past and move forward without shouldering that burden. That is a glimmer of that resurrected life that Mary Magdalene discloses to us and to Jesus' first followers this day. That is your task this Easter, to find those places where the Easter message is coming alive for you. Because it is there that new life begins for you, and it begins to bubble up, as John tells us, to eternal life and overflow so that you may share that joy and life with others. Maybe you will be that source of healing, that Easter message for someone who needs to hear. Even now, the green blade riseth in our midst. Make that your Easter task to look for that. When you find it, to rejoice at what God is doing. Death is defeated. New life is beginning. And a new world given for you, for us, and for everyone we meet. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon. Oh,